WGNS Murfreesboro, W270AF Murfreesboro, W263AI Murfreesboro, Smyrna. The Good Neighbor Network, FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and online at WGNSRadio.com. This is a WGNS Action Line, talking with Rutherford County newsmakers about what matters most to you. Now, your host, Scott Walker. Right now, that time, 818, and with us this morning, our guest from Ascision, St. Thomas Rutherford, and we'll be talking about premature births and more. And uh, with us today, Dr. Elizabeth Harrelson, neonatologist with Ascision St. Thomas. First of all, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great, thank you. How are you? I'm good. And then also with us, nursing manager, Elisha Gifford. How are you? I'm good, thank you. So I guess starting off this morning, what, what's the first thing that, I don't know, people come to you talking about or concerned about when it comes to their birth? Well, I think most of the time families don't ever plan to end up in a neonatal ICU Um, It's always a slight surprise. And so our first conversations are kind of talking them through what they were expecting and where we have actually ended up and what that means for their babies and their families. So what are some of the biggest concerns or things to look out for when you are pregnant? Um, So when you decide to get pregnant or you are pregnant, the best thing you can do for your baby is actually to be healthy yourself as a mother. Um, You need to make sure that you are taking care of your diabetes, that you are eating properly, that you are taking your vitamins, that you've had all of your vaccinations, um, because your maternal health affects your baby's health. So, I I mean, stupid question, but are, are folks still like smoking and drinking and stuff when they are pregnant? Because it seems like that should be something of the past because we know so much more about it now. Uh, Unfortunately, people do still smoke and drink and other things while they are pregnant, and it definitely does affect their babies, yes. What's what's the impact that that has, especially at like everyday smoking levels? Um, Everyday smoking levels, the biggest thing you see is that your baby is growth restricted. And so the babies tend to be very small, and you think, oh, great, you have a small baby. But what that means long-term is they're at higher risk for developmental delays, but because they're small, their brains have not grown properly up to that point. So what if somebody has smoked, let's say, I don't know, half their life, and then Mm -hmm. they get pregnant and they stop smoking? Mm -hmm. Is there still a danger or a threat because of the smoking? It's much decreased. Um, Every time they smoke a cigarette, remember that your blood vessels constrict, and your placenta is nothing but a big old bag of blood vessels and so every time you smoke you're constricting that blood flow to your baby so the sooner you quit the better Um, as you know a former pediatrician as well I'd like to say that the biggest risk for parents smoking long term is that your children grow up to be smokers and again this is uh, Dr. Harrelson and so prior to working in the NICU Mm -hmm. and working with premature newborns Mm -hmm. you were a pediatrician so I'm, I'm sure you saw a lot of A lot of different stuff. Yeah. So as a neonatologist, you actually have to be a pediatrician first. You have to complete all of your training for general pediatrics, and then you can move on to your neonatal subspecialty training. What are some things that you've seen that have surprised you working in the NICU and and working with, with parents out there? 
Oh, gosh, you name it, on any given day, there's a new one. Um, and that's one of the things that we enjoy about working in the NICU is that no day is the same. Um, some days are really great. You've supported a family through something, and they get to take their baby home. Other days are obviously not so great. Um, but, you know, I think being able to help families, whether their path be a very rocky one or a smooth one to a long-term healthy child, um, that's the, the greatest joy we have. So what are some of the biggest problems in Tennessee versus other states, or maybe they're the same in other states? Well, Tennessee um, has a preterm birth rate of about 10.9%, so approaching 11%. And we have seen that your risk of preterm birth has gone up um, with COVID. Um, Tennessee, I think, biggest problem is actually maternal health and maternal access to care. And so those are the areas that we really need to focus on, because once again, if moms are healthy, they have a better chance of their babies being healthy. I, 11, I mean, almost 11% premature birth rate. It, it sounds high. Is that high compared to other states? Yes. What, what do other states usually see? Um, it depends on the state. Um, I, I'm trying to think. There, some of them do dip below 10%. Um, but, you know, in, in Tennessee, um, your, your risk of preterm birth is, is greatly associated with your maternal health. And that, unfortunately, does have some racial divide that we also need to continue to address in our public policy and access to health care. Um, so um, for some babies, being born preterm is better, um, meaning that if something has um, caused a problem with your placenta, say it's starting to detach from the wall or whatnot, it's healthier for some babies to be born early um, rather than stay in the womb and continue to suffer. With pregnancy, there's always a lot of unplanned stuff. And, and while somebody may plan to have their baby, let's say in Murfreesboro, in Nashville, wherever it is, they may be out of town and then all of a sudden something happens. What takes place in those cases? Because I'm sure they come back and follow up with you if they're your mm -hmm. patient to begin with. Yeah, so um, there are occasional parents visiting from out of state to us and for our babies going elsewhere. Um, we fortunately in the neonatal community are able to sometimes transfer those babies once they are stabilized to their home communities, which makes it much easier for the parents for some of these prolonged hospitalizations. Um, we're fortunate to have um, a system that assists us in these uh, transfers, uh, including getting insurance approval so that the parents are left with less financial burden. And again, also with us this morning, Elisha Gifford, the nursing manager. So I, I'm sure you've seen all types of stuff as well over the years. I have, um, especially through COVID. Um, I think what I'm most proud of is our nursing staff just coming in day after day, um, supporting those babies, those families, um, and seeing the difference that they're making. And how many, how many births take place on a typical day, uh, you know, just a, a weekday? Um, anywhere we usually have roughly around 10 to 15 we do about um, 300 350 a month wow that, that, those are crazy numbers and, and they you keep getting it? bigger yeah <laughs> I'm sure this community is growing and therefore we're having more babies and then you also have I'm sure a lot of people come in from nearby counties nearby areas because those hospitals may not be equipped for you know premature births uh, and if that does take place where they have the baby at a nearby county hospital and, and they're not set up for a NICU unit, what, what happens there? 
they will consult um, whichever facility um, they feel the baby would best benefit from or sometimes the parents they get the parents um, permission and kind of where they want to go so in the nursing field if let's say you have some crazy night where I don't know 30 people more than usual come in and they're all pregnant and they're all giving birth do you have to call in outside nurses to come in and how do you do that we do we spend time on the phone um, us as managers usually help out the staff as far as helping call in extra staff um, we've been fortunate especially during times of covid um, they've offered some you know extra incentive pay for that um, but yeah, it's all hands on deck at that t- at that point. I bet. And, and Dr. Harrelson, back to you. I, I'm curious, what are I guess the main symptoms that a potential or a new mother can look for, or soon to be mother can look for in, in having a, a preterm birth? Um, well, mothers uh, have instincts for a reason. You know, um, they come in and they say something is wrong. Um, the majority of times, it's either some sort of pain associated with um, uh, contractions, or it's a pain associated with uh, their lower abdomen leaking of fluid, um, and just overall not feeling quite right. Even is some of the things that we hear, and so you know we would always rather mothers come in and it be nothing than to sit at home and it be something and 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 being uh, afraid to. Uh, come in and, and it be absolutely nothing at all so you know I think your advice here is listen to your body and if something is off always always be seen I could see where for somebody who's never been pregnant before every little thing every little feeling may send them to the hospital or send them to the emergency room I, I'm sure that happens a lot but probably fairly normal yep and that's okay um we'd much rather them come in and it be nothing and be able to send them home with a healthy pregnancy with the opiate epidemic going on and and the rise in the numbers of folks who are becoming addicted what are you seeing in the hospital when it comes to new parents and 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 births and premature births with those who are addicted Um, So we do tend to keep babies um, at all times that are having symptoms of opioid withdrawal. Um, Those babies do require hospitalization. There is a risk of perinatal death and seizures and malnutrition associated with these exposures. Um, And we do sometimes have to start the baby on their own opioid uh, therapy and then kind of wean them down and off. Um, When you look at the more stimulant-type drugs, like cocaine or methamphetamine, once again, those uh, drugs cause a uh, vasoconstriction, or they make the blood vessels smaller, which again affects the placenta, which affects the blood flow and nutrition to the baby. So those babies are small and are increased risk for preterm birth and disability as well. I'm, I'm sure you also have bona fide cases where a mother was in a car wreck, just had surgery, the next thing you know, she's giving birth so those types of cases where they had to be on some type of pain medication do they fall over into having some of the same problems the short-term treatment of pain for say an operation doesn't typically cause an addiction in either the mother or the baby the babies that are facing symptoms of withdrawal are usually a prolonged exposure throughout either the entire pregnancy or at least um, a good majority of it. 
And then when it comes to stuff like like alcohol, mm-hmm. is that too a continuing problem or has that kind of slowed down? Um, No, we do still see mothers who um, drink during their pregnancy. Um, Unfortunately, it's never typically one thing. Um, If you are doing drugs, you are also drinking and smoking. And so you have kind of an additive effect of multi-substance use sometimes. Again with us this morning from Ascision St. Thomas and St. Thomas Rutherford are Dr. Elizabeth Harrelson and then also Alicia Gifford, nursing manager. And we're talking about premature births and of course the NICU department. And how big is the actual NICU department here in Rutherford County? We currently have 16 beds and a nursery C which we can overflow anywhere from three to six babies. With our new construction, um, we are going to add an additional six new bays. So at some points, are you having to use the overflow? I mean, are all 16 beds full? We have several times. That's a lot of premature births. Does Rutherford County have a bigger problem with premature births than other counties? Or is it that we're just seeing a lot of people from other counties come in? Um, I think Rutherford's kind of at the average of the rest of the state um, as far as preterm births go. Now, we also do get term babies who have additional problems, say infection or congenital malformations. Those are also babies that we see in the neonatal ICU. Looking back over your years, and and first of all, how many years have you been practicing? Oh, my goodness. Um, I finished my neonatal fellowship in 2009. Um, I was on staff at Vanderbilt Children's for many, many years, but have been fortunate enough to be um, at St. Thomas Rutherford for the last two. So what are are some of the more, I don't know, miracle-type stories that you recall over the years that, that, you know, have, have changed your perspective as being a doctor? Oh, wow, that's a tough question. Um, I think as far as patients go, any caregiver from, you know, an EMT, a nurse, a physician, whatnot, we can always tell you that there are certain patients that stick with you. And it's not necessarily the outcome of the patient, but the emotion surrounding it. Um, Some of the babies that I have had the fortune to take care of have had the most wonderful and involved families and a large part of our job is supporting these parents and families through their child being very very sick Um, and sometimes their child not surviving and those are the people and those are the families that stick with you the most how how do you get through those types of nights i mean when you go home and you know a family come you know they came to the hospital excited and, and then the worst happens Um, Well, I think we all cry together. You know, we all um, as a team support each other and and check in and say, how are you doing? You know, I I hear this was rough. And, you know, is there anything that we can do to help? Um, You know, even outside of the work environment, we're so cohesive that we we want everyone to succeed and want everyone to feel um, good about the care that we provide. Um, We also do follow with families um, long term and and check in with these babies that have had these tragic events um, and and see how the families are doing and support them through that time of loss as well. You got to be, I mean, certain weeks, there's got to be almost every hour of your day spent 
either talking to the families or at the hospital. Yep. Um, my family would attest to that. <laughs> it's got to get hard at times. Um, yeah, it, it does. It does sometimes. Um, but our team and our common goal of you know, providing great care for this community um, is worth this. And then for the nurses, is it the same thing where, you know, a nurse may have to stay overtime and, and, and work extra hours because of the additional traffic that comes in? Absolutely. They, they do it day in and day out and never complain about it. They've, and the teamwork is amazing, the love and support that they give one another. Are there times where you have to call in nurses that, of course, you, you've never met before that are contract nurses that have to come in because you have that big of a need? Occasionally, we, we have had a contract nurse. Um, fortunately, with being women's, our unit is not... Um, down nurses like some other units are so we have been very fortunate to have regular staff so what looking back what, what are some of the things that stand out to you the most i think for our unit is teamwork that everybody works together um, and supports one another that's probably the biggest um, and what means the most to me to be able to um, you know be a manager over them is just know that they are family and they as far as the techs, the nurses, the physicians, how they work wonderful together and they treat one another. And how many years have you been doing this? Um, I started in 02, being a nurse. I was a labor and delivery nurse for 20-something years. Um, and then recently, within the last six to eight years, um, become the manager. So in 02, were you at the original Middle Tennessee Medical Center? I was Center, not. Or? I'm from Kentucky. Okay. So you, you came here after yes. the big move and all yeah. that. Um, does Kentucky, is everything pretty much the same in the hospital as it is here, or is it, or is it different in some ways? It, it was a lot smaller of a facility, um, and we did not have an NICU. So once babies, once they were born premature, we would stabilize those babies to ship those to a um, nearby center. And again, this morning we are talking about premature births as this does highlight Prematurity Awareness Month. I guess all across the country. That's not just something in Tennessee. Uh, but again, highlighting Premature Awareness Month. And we're going to take a short break to check on the forecast and the traffic. And then after that, we'll be right back. And if you want to text us any questions, you can do that at 615-893-1450. Time right now, 836. This is Peter Demas at Demas's Restaurant. Demas has offered gift cards that you can get in any value. You know, those times where someone gives you gifts, you weren't really prepared. It's one of those things that's nice and easy to hand back out, but they're amazing gifts for teachers, for family and friends, and we always offer specials depending on how many gift cards that you get as well. You can go straight down to the restaurant, and our cashiers are happy to help you with any of those gift cards. Demas's Restaurant. 1115 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. Del Wamsley and the Wealth Cycle. This is the wealth cycle that I've taught for 30 years. Buy one house, 10 houses, an apartment, two apartments, 820, 500 units, 1,000 units, 2,000, 5,000 units. And as you keep putting the money and the profits back in, you become one of those rich people. And much quicker than you'd even believe. Learn Dell's Wealth Cycle at GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. Use promo code 2022. Save 60%. Code 2022. Give me total. 
TotalFreedom.com. GiveMeTotalFreedom.com. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good morning. Still quite a bit of heavy traffic, but it's moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. All that traffic leaving Rutherford County, headed uh, towards Davidson County. Again, it's busy, but it's moving up through Antioch on 24 going westbound. Just watch for some radar uh, here this morning. Nash Painting service, uh, servicing all of Middle Tennessee. Check them out online at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Wesley Financial Group is not a law firm. These are tough times for everyone. So dealing with your timeshare may not be your biggest concern, but when this passes, do you still want a lifetime of payments, fees, and commitments for a timeshare you were misled into buying? Hi, I'm Chuck McDowell, CEO and founder of Wesley Financial Group. Ten years ago, I started the timeshare cancellation industry by exposing the ugly truth about timeshares and giving folks the straight facts. I've been fighting the timeshare giants ever since, so no one knows this industry better than me and my team. Today, we have saved our clients an average of $65,000 in lifetime payments. Imagine putting those timeshare dollars back in your pocket. Give my office a call today. I guarantee if we take you as a client, we will cancel your timeshare or you'll pay nothing. Call Wesley Financial now for your free information kit. 800-611-5252. That's 800-611-5252. 800-611-5252. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon, high in the upper 70s. Northeast winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 49. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. How about a win? How about a win? How about a win with top prizes? How about a bid for a win and a play for quick bucks? How about a win? How about a win with a win and a bid for $1, $2, $5, $10 quick games, the best cash games around. How about a win? How about a win with a win and sold at your nearest Tennessee Lottery retailer. Try the new instant games from the Tennessee Lottery. They're loaded with top prizes from $50 up to $5,000. Get them before they're going, going, gone. Only from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Right now the time, 8.40, you're listening to WGNS again on this Tuesday morning. Today is the 8th of November, and this morning we're talking about premature births in Tennessee as this is Prematurity Awareness Month. And in studio with us, Dr. Elizabeth Harrelson, and then also nursing manager, Elisha Guilford. Uh, Gifford, I almost said Guilford, I don't know why, but (laughs) anyway, moving on. So some of the biggest problems, the biggest obstacles, I guess, for new parents out there or a, a mother who's expecting to be a parent soon, what are those biggest obstacles? Um, I think depending on where you live in Tennessee, access to health care is one of those. Um, if you look at Tennessee by county, there are counties that don't have obstetricians, that don't have a general pediatrician. Um, and then you have these families who live in sometimes these more impoverished areas, then having to find a way in the money and the time to drive to find the access to these services. Um, a lot of that has to do with healthcare funding um, and how we can support every mother in our state. 
so as crazy as it sounds, do you on occasion see that patient come in who literally never went to the doctor, but yet they knew they were pregnant and everything went, I guess, as best it could, Mm -hmm. but you see them for the first time and that's them seeing the doctor for the first time. Yes, we do see that. Um, And sometimes that is a financial reason. Sometimes it is a social reason. Um, Sometimes these babies come out and do just fine. And uh, there are many times that they don't. Um, So I think we probably see uh, a larger percentage of those babies in the NICU than you would necessarily in the well baby nursery. When you look at malnourishment across the state, there Mm -hmm. are, well, there's a lot of folks living in poverty and they Mm -hmm. don't have a regular meal each day. How does that impact that newborn? Yeah, so you have do have these food deserts. Um, a lot of times the food deserts um, also coincide with your healthcare desert. And so your social support systems of people who live in these communities, um, it needs to be very robust um, to help um, mothers get to the best health they can. Because remember, you're, you're not only taking care of the mother, you're, you're setting up the baby for a life. And so you want to give them the best possible healthy start so that they can have many, many productive community years to be a part of our society. And I'm sure there, there's some problems that a baby may be born with, but it's not realized until later. Mm-hmm. Um, what, what are some of those issues that may not be pronounced right off the bat? Right, so there are a lot of congenital malformations that we don't know until we do our ultrasounds, which are typically around 18 weeks, and that's when your baby is big enough that we can see all the pieces and parts and kind of where things are. Um, and some, some of those malformations are obviously fatal um, and some are uh, survivable um, where the baby will thrive with the right intervention. These are the mothers that we do try to have um, them deliver at bigger centers where if they need a um, specialized NICU such as ours or if you need even um, more specialization such as pediatric surgery um, that we can get you to those centers to give your baby the best possible chance. It seems like every year we hear a story on the news about uh, a mother who didn't know she was about to be a mother who goes to the emergency room finds out she's pregnant for the first time and you know within a week she's giving birth does that kind of stuff really happen it does sometimes even in the same day (laughs) yep um in those families as you can imagine it's just a whirlwind of emotion of shock and fear and then sometimes joy and then sometimes sadness and it all kind of you know flows back and forth um, again supporting families um, through birth um, and wherever their baby ends up um, is part of the job it's one of the best parts of the job how how does that even happen where somebody doesn't know they're pregnant well you know um, sometimes the symptoms are very mild <laughs> you may not notice that you're you know getting bigger necessarily because it's around thanksgiving coming up or something um a lot of times you find out that these young mothers are in a place where they don't have that kind of family community support um you don't have your mothers and your grandmothers kind of looking and going mm, something's going on here um, we are fortunate to have our case managers and social workers that do help support these families um, transition home and have them plugged into the resources such as um, WIC to provide them and their babies nutrition going forward. Over the years, it seems like parents are getting 
older when they have that first child is that something you're seeing here locally and if so what what are some of the ages that people maybe should think twice about having a baby at um, well, we see moms of all ages um, come through, um, and that's not necessarily a risk factor um, for the neonatal ICU, except for on both extremes. If you have a super young mother, you know, 12, 13, or if you have a super um, mother that's in her, her mid-40s, you do have different things that are associated with kind of the extremes of age um, that do make their babies higher risk for coming in. Um, you know, the reproductive assistance technologies, um, such as IVF, is allowing mothers to have babies later in life. Um, and we do have some of those come through. We also do see um, embryo adoption sometimes where other families have gone through and have embryos stored. And because they have chosen not to have more children, you can adopt the embryo and have it implanted as an embryo adoption in a mother who herself is not fertile. Now, you said some patients are as young as 12. How do you even handle that in a hospital? I mean, are you having to call Department of uh, children's services what what happens in those cases yeah yeah we we do have to um, notify all of these um, organizations to help support the mother okay because obviously a mother that young something has happened and one you have to make sure that she is okay health-wise and number two you have to make sure that the um, situation itself is not criminal um, which unfortunately sometimes we do see and so not only you're activating dcs you are also activating law enforcement um, for these mothers um, and then you you have to support the mother and the family once again through this whole process um, some families choose to take these babies home, and some families do choose to have these babies adopted into loving families of their own. It, it's got to be kind of a chaos, uh, you know, just madhouse at times with different families and different emotions and, and everything happening. Uh, does or do things sometimes get out of hand? Um, they, they can. Um, we do have a great um, security service at our hospital if it is needed. Um, but, you know, I know as Alicia can testify, um, any day on labor and delivery <laughs> can be chaotic in and of itself. Um, you have, you know, multiple births, multiple C-sections happening kind of simultaneously, and you're trying to um, divide and conquer and uh, help everyone that needs help. So, Alicia, whenever there is a full moon, I've always heard, you know, the, the wives tell there's more births when that occurs. Is there any truth to any of that? Absolutely. Yeah. It is true. Um, you know, it, it, as along with you don't say the Q word, um, which is quiet on a unit. You say that nurses come at you with, um, you know. <laughs> Yep. Eyes it, out. So, yeah, yeah. it's um, that absolutely all is true. Big thunderstorms. You also see it. <laughs> yep. Um, the theory is that there's a drop in barometric pressure and more people go into labor associated with it. It's, you know, we're all fairly superstitious in healthcare <laughs> um, because of experiences or quirks or, you know, just overall healthcare personalities. Yeah. That's, that's pretty wild to hear that it actually does happen. So you are seeing more bursts whenever there's a full moon. Uh, but in addition to that, thunderstorms as well. <laughs> so when it comes to that time where the mother to be is close to that point of giving labor, 
are there things that she shouldn't be doing but yet she's doing in order to maybe i don't know <laughs> lessen that time between then and when she actually gives birth um, so if you are in with an obstetrician, um, they are kind of following along um, not only the baby's growth, but making sure that the pregnancy is well contained. There's no uh, preterm labor or dilation or things happening along those labor or the, along those lines. We do have mothers that come in that require prolonged bed rest. So they can be in the hospital for weeks while they sit in bed to try to maintain a pregnancy in order to keep their baby healthy. Um, and some of those mothers, it's a preterm labor, and some of those mothers, um, it's actually a rupture of their, their membranes and they have leaked fluid. Um, so we do put them in the hospital at times and try to support them into being still and to being healthy and calm until their baby is born. And I'm sure you have some mothers who are on bed rest for almost the entire period. Mm -hmm. uh, is that fairly common? And, and what leads to that? There are a lot of different reasons that can lead to that. Um, sometimes these mothers do have this in multiple pregnancies, meaning that, you know, they had it with their first one and they're going to have it with their second one. Um, these are conversations for moms to have with their obstetricians because there are things like timing of pregnancies. You don't want to have pregnancies all right in a row. You want to give time for their bodies to recuperate from, you know, growing a human um, and to be able to give the next human they grow the best outcome. And again, with us today, Dr. Harrelson, neonatologist with Ascision St. Thomas, and then also Elisha Gifford, nursing manager at Ascision St. Thomas Rutherford here in Murfreesboro. What, what's the number one question you get asked by a parent-to-be? Is my baby okay? Um, and I think, you know, at the heart of parenthood, that's, that's what you want. You want your child to be okay. And whether that's from a living and breathing perspective to a daily happiness, are they okay at school perspective, that is a recurring question that we see. And of course, ultrasounds have gotten a lot more advanced over the last few years. Uh, is that ultrasound the, the best tool that you have whenever checking a, a baby's health or, or what is the best tool? Well, the best tool is the experience of the people you work with. Um, these ladies and gentlemen have seen many, many hundreds, if not thousands of patients and have that experience to draw from in our hospital. And so that is probably the largest asset. Um, we do have the latest uh, technology as far as um, looking at babies with ultrasounds. Um, if you're looking at an anatomy timing, you'd like to do that mostly in the second trimester. So that's your 18 to 20 week ultrasound. And that is one of the best ones to look at for congenital malformations. Um, later on, we use ultrasound in more of a baby positioning, checking is your baby doing well, meaning is your baby practicing to breathe as they get closer to term? Are they moving appropriately? Is there enough fluid in there still? Um, and so you have different uses for ultrasound depending on where you're at in the pregnancy. And I'm curious, compared to years past, whenever that patient first comes in, they, they just learned they're pregnant, how close to the actual date is the doctor able to say, well, it looks like you're going to have the baby October 4th and then actually be accurate with that number? 
Yeah, so the best timing of pregnancy is actually during the first trimester. And so the sooner you know you or suspect that you're pregnant to get in to see your physician um, is the best timing. As you get later in the pregnancy, our timing gets more off. Um, so we can be up to two or three weeks off if you're showing up at the first time in the third trimester. Um, some of that has to do with the different rates at which fetus grow so you have a very small fetus versus a very large fetus um, but if you're looking at kind of average percentages you're going to take a date that's in the middle um, so up to two or three weeks we can be off if it's later in pregnancy the first time you're seeing as we close this morning we only have a few minutes left we have a news break coming up and have to fit some more commercials in but what what would you tell i guess those listening what is the most important thing when it comes to a pregnancy, what's the most important thing you would tell a mother to be? I would tell a mother to be healthy herself as best she can. If she can get herself in the best possible place health-wise, she will have a better opportunity to have a healthy pregnancy. And then, Alicia, what would you tell a mother and the family who's planning to come to the hospital, let's say, 5 o'clock this evening, for that for that event of you know giving birth what, what would you say to that family um to come with um questions there's no dumb questions um our nursing staff is there to help um in any of that aspect as far as things because they don't know it might be their first time and they don't know what to expect and our nursing staff is there to help them and guide them and to assist them with that Again with us this morning, Dr. Elizabeth Harrelson, neonatologist, and then also Elisha Gifford, nursing manager with Ascision St. Thomas Rutherford. And if anybody has more questions or they would like to learn more, I, I guess the best thing, just go to the St. Thomas Rutherford website. Absolutely. Um, you know, and even if you have any questions about our delivery unit or our nursery facilities, um, you can get in touch with someone who could even give you a tour. If you were looking at where you might want to deliver your baby, we'd love to have you at our facility. We offer childbirth classes, breastfeeding classes. Do a lot of parents come, uh, you know, just to take a tour of the hospital, I guess, to kind of map out where they're going to need to go on that day? They absolutely do. And mm -hmm. I, I'm guessing a lot of people schedule ahead of time. Well, if my baby's due on such and such date, I'm going to be in the hospital at this point. So they can they actually schedule when they're going to come in? Yes, they can. Yep. Easy enough. All on that website. Mm -hmm. well, cool. Uh, again, we've been talking about prematurity uh, across the state of Tennessee. It is Prematurity Awareness Month, and our guests have been Dr. Elizabeth Harrelson, neonatologist, and then also Elisha Gifford, nursing manager at Ascision St. Thomas Rutherford. And again, you can learn more on the hospital's website. Time right now, 8.56. We do have more news, information, and an update on the weather coming your way in just a minute. Do you struggle with occasional nerve aches in your hands or feet? Try Nervive Nerve Relief from the world's number one nerve care company. Nervive tablets contain alpha-lipoic acid to relieve nerve aches, weakness, and discomfort, plus B-complex vitamins to support healthy nerve function as you age. Live life with less nerve discomfort with Nervive Nerve Relief. Learn more at NerviveHealth.com. And try Nervive Pain Relieving Cream to block nerve pain signals at the source. Use as directed. Here's to Prilosec OTC. Without Prilosec, I wouldn't be able to enjoy all this yummy holiday food. Speaking of, whoever made that apple pie, delicious. Thank you. 
I just take one pill each morning and zero heartburn all day. So cheers to Prilosec OTC. Ooh, are those jalapeno poppers? Prilosec OTC prevents excess acid that can cause heartburn, so you can enjoy the holidays. One pill a day, 24 hours, zero heartburn. It's possible while taking Prilosec OTC. Use as directed for 14 days to treat frequent heartburn, not for immediate relief. Skies become mostly sunny here this afternoon, high in the upper 70s. Northeast winds at 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, mostly clear, low near 49. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 62. Good morning. Still quite a bit of heavy traffic, but it's moving 24 up through the Hickory Hollow area. All that traffic leaving Rutherford County, headed towards Davidson County. Again, it's busy, but it's moving up through Antioch on 24 going westbound. Just watch for some radar uh, here this morning. Nash Painting service, uh, servicing all of Middle Tennessee. Check them out online at nashpainting.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. If you're looking for an authentic relationship with financial experts who genuinely care about your unique needs, Capstar Bank is for you. Capstar Bank is dedicated to the people of this community. Capstar Bank wants to help you reach your financial goals. Because at Capstar Bank, you matter to us. Capstar Bank, 2230 Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Boulevard. CapstarBank.com. Member FDIC. Equal housing lender. The Action Line on FM 101.9 and AM 1450 Murfreesboro, FM 100.5 Smyrna, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Time right now, 8.58. You're listening to WGNS, and we're broadcasting from the Middle Tennessee Electric Studios. Middle Tennessee Electric supplying power to the station's 328-foot tower in downtown Murfreesboro. Middle Tennessee Electric, serving to make life better since 1936. You'll be able to load or download this show that you just heard about premature births in Tennessee on the WGNS website in just a few minutes. Just go to WGNSRadio.com and click on the podcast section. Then you'll find the action line and, of course, look for today's date and today's show. Time again right now, 8.59. You're listening to WGNS Murfreesboro. More news coming up. Hey, fellas. Still need your annual health exam? I personally recommend Low T Center to get your complete health assessment, where they check all your levels. It's typically completely covered by most health insurance, and if you don't have insurance, it's less than $100 for a full lab panel and an office visit with their medical provider to give you a complete health assessment. Low T Center specializes in men's health, making it quick and easy, even verifying your insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book online. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. 